You are Locked On Twins. Your daily Minnesota Twins podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. And welcome to the Locked On Minnesota Twins podcast. Today is Monday, June 7th. And I'm your gracious host, Nash Walker. Today's episode is brought to you by Locked On MLB. Join Walking Baseball Encyclopedia Paul Francis Sullivan. Please call him Sully. Every day on Locked On MLB for a unique look at the majors, both present and past. Featuring exciting guest interviews, routine check-ins from the Locked On MLB Network's team of local experts, and insightful analysis of the day's biggest stories. Locked On MLB is the single best source for daily baseball talk. Subscribe today wherever you get your podcast. Again, this is Nash Walker, writer at Twins Daily, lifelong Twins fan, bringing you five days a week coverage. On those Minnesota Twins, we have a lot of topics today after uh, a weekend. The Twins won two out of three this weekend. They split the series with Kansas City after losing the series in Baltimore. It's worth mentioning, Cleveland lost two games in a row in Baltimore as well, and the series uh, got smashed yesterday by the O's, and that gives the White Sox a couple more games in the standings as well. Twins are 12 games back as we stand today on an off day. Today is an off day for the Twins. I think they need it, and we'll talk about those injuries and developments in in those categories as well. But by far, the number one topic of the weekend is certainly Matt Shoemaker and his horrendous start Saturday. Unacceptable start from a veteran, giving up nine runs, I think it was, in the first inning of that game. Just disgusting. Uh, Awful. Really hard to watch. And honestly, Jay Happ and Matt Shoemaker have been really hard to watch for much of this year. Um, You don't feel like you have a great chance when they're on the mound. Now, recency bias is involved here because I thought Shoemaker for two starts in a row, I thought he had a really nice start at home uh, against Oakland. And then I thought he had a really nice start in his follow-up start against the White Sox. I thought he was really, really good in both those games, um, both day games. I thought he did a nice job. You know, I didn't think... um, or excuse me, it was White Sox then Baltimore. He wasn't great against Oakland. That's what it was. White Sox then Baltimore. He pitched 12 innings, 225 ERA, struck out five. Uh, I thought he did a good job. He was stranding runners. Opponents hit 222, the White Sox and Baltimore. And the Twins won the Baltimore game, lost the White Sox game. But uh, I thought he did a good job. And then he follows that up with a start against the Royals at home where he's he's brutal into the fifth inning. And then, uh, and then Saturday's abysmal outing. But... His last two starts, both against the Royals, 13 earned runs in four and two-thirds innings. Uh, Matt Shoemaker has been really, really bad. Negative 1.3 wins above replacement. I know people have said for weeks they'd like to see him out of the rotation. And Dan Hayes had, a, had an article talking about how that's that's not going to happen right now because the Twins just don't have enough arms. But on the horizon, they're going to to have those arms. And one of them might be Bailey Ober, who started yesterday, the the prospect, six foot nine prospect, averaging ninety two with his fastball. You know, he's a, a command first guy, Ober, and he's not he's not gonna blow anyone away. But it has been, you know, Parker Hagman talked about it yesterday. His extension gives him a couple uh I don't wanna say like uh pseudo miles per hour or like fake miles per hour on his fastball, but just it looks harder than it is because uh, of his extension and how far he gets out toward the plate with his with his long arms and his uh, his you know frame, but he did a good job yesterday. Four innings, one earned run, four strikeouts. I think w- I have to say Bailey Ober, uh, as as good as I thought he looked yesterday, was saved by a triple play. Also, that Royals lineup five through nine in that Royals lineup was a bunch of scrubs. I mean, it was all like triple A guys: Calvin Gutierrez, 
Gerard Dyson. Oh, gee, I mean, it was just Cam Gallagher, Nicky Lopez, guys who just can't can't hit. You know, they rested Soler, they rested Dozier, they rested Michael A. Taylor, who ended up pinch hitting later in the game. But that was by no means a good lineup for Kansas City. I still thought Ober looked good, but it you know it's important to say too that. He, his expected numbers are a lot larger than his actual numbers. You know, he's he's uh, he still has below average stuff in terms of just his fastball velocity, his slider velocity. He's been getting a lot of whiffs on the slider uh, because he has good command of the pitch. He has good command of his arsenal, so he, he does a good job getting whiffs on that pitch. But I think we have to pump the brakes a little bit on him just like stepping into the rotation and, and giving the Twins a chance to win every fifth day. I think... Uh, you have to see more out of him before you kind of come to that conclusion. I think the same can can be said of Nick Gordon, who's hitting 421 plate appearances. You look at the the uh, the background numbers, and they're not as as uh, rosy. So when Alex Kirloff came up and was was 0 for his first, I think 15 or whatever. But you looked at the background numbers, the the deeper analytic numbers of hard hit rate and exit velocity, and you found that Kirloff should be doing better than he was based on contact. And as soon as that was pointed out, as soon as we started to realize that, he started mashing and he started hitting the ball over the fence. He started hitting the ball off the wall, like just crushing the ball into the gaps. And he did a great job. And it was um, it was predictable in a way. Nick Gordon, predictable regression. He's got a 60% ground ball rate. He's chasing 49% of pitches, which is just brutal. And he's whiffing on 38.5% of pitches. Um not sustainable. I mean, that's just not sustainable. You can't hit the ball on the ground six out of ten times. You can't chase five out of ten pitches outside of the zone. You can't swing and miss at four out of ten pitches that you see. You're just not going to have a lot of success. Um, I like Nick Gordon. I think I like the speed. I think, you know, he could be a line drive, nice uh, bottom-of-the-order bat for the Twins, left-handed bat. But right now the numbers are uh, are certainly moving in the other direction for him. On a more positive note, Tyler Duffy, his last seven innings pitched, eight strikeouts, two walks, zero earned runs. So Duffy has been uh, a lot better for the Twins. I thought the Twins' bullpen yesterday was great. Again, that's not a good lineup. I think there's nowhere to hide, as has been said, uh, against the Yankees and Astros this week. You can't hide against those lineups. I know the Yankees' offense has struggled all year, and we'll talk about that series a little bit more tomorrow in our preview but Houston's lineup is is probably the best in the American League with Jordan Alvarez and Alex Bregman and Jose Altuve and Carlos Correa. Can't hide against those guys. So you're going to see the bullpen uh, potentially exposed or uh, come up and, and pitch well and pitch up to the task. Let's talk more after the break. Lucy Nicotine is a company founded by Caltech scientists and former smokers looking for a better and cleaner nicotine alternative. Finally, tobacco alternatives that don't suck. Researched and developed for three years to be made for people, not patients, Lucy has created a nicotine gum with four milligrams of nicotine that come in three flavors, a delicious wintergreen, cinnamon, and pomegranate. Lucy also has a lozenge with four milligrams of nicotine that comes in three other delicious flavors, cherry ice, citrus, and mint. Lucy lozenges and gums are FSA and HSA eligible, so you can use your FSA cards to purchase Lucy now it's 2021 get rid of your cigarettes unplug your vape throw out your dip and get some lucy nicotine gum or lozenges locked on mlb network listeners go to lucy.co and use promo code locked on mlb to get 20 percent off all products on your first order including gum or lozenges also i have to give this disclaimer warning this product contains nicotine derived from tobacco nicotine is an addictive chemical lucy.co and be sure to use that promo code locked on mlb 
Lewis Thorpe has been placed on the injured list with a shoulder strain. It's not good. I think uh, this is probably the lowest I've been on Lewis Thorpe in a long time. I was excited about him in spring training. I thought a good Lewis Thorpe would go a long way for the Minnesota Twins this year just to give them some spot starts, do a good job in those spot starts, but he's throwing 88-89. He just doesn't have the stuff. You know, he just doesn't have it. And now we've seen he's got a shoulder strain. So, you know, hopefully he comes back healthy and, and can get back up to 90-91, but Lewis Thorpe is not in the plans this year or any future years right now. Matt Cantorino is, and he's one of the Twins' top pitching prospects. He's been their best pitching prospect all year at high A Cedar Rapids. He's been dominating. He's gone to the IL with an elbow strain, which is not good. I mean, I hope that that doesn't you know mean that he's going to get Tommy John or anything like that, but Cantorino has a very herky-jerky delivery. You know, he kind of slings the ball. It's not hard to see how he might have elbow or shoulder issues. And he's on the injured list. And so is Blaine Enlow with an elbow injury at uh, Cedar Rapids. So twins are very thin. And that's the point when they say, you know, when Rocco says or, or the front office says that we can't move Matt Shoemaker out of the rotation because they don't have guys who can come up and that they feel confident. And you don't feel confident in, in Shoemaker, but it's like, do you want to bring these prospects up? I think even though Shoemaker gave up all those runs, at least he's given you, not just this year, but in in recent years, a little bit of evidence that he can get out. And you bring up prospects, you have no idea, especially when they're not top prospects. It's just, I I don't necessarily disagree with that. It's a rock and a hard place for them. It's, it's, there's not a good decision there. And I know fans are going to hate the decision to leave Shoemaker in the rotation, but at this point, that's that's really the only option. We look at the lineup recently. Nelson Cruz is five for his last 13 with two doubles and four walks. I was pointing out how you know, Nelson Cruz needed to be better for the Minnesota Twins, um, especially with the runners in scoring position, and, and he's been a lot better. And he stole a bag, which was awesome to see. He sat out yesterday with knee soreness. They need him for the Yankee series. They need him for the Houston series. So hopefully he's back and his knee's feeling better. Tomorrow, Josh Donaldson's 11 for his last 31. That's a 355 batting average with four doubles, two home runs. He's walked five times. JD's looked a lot better. He had a really nice series against Kansas City. He had a night where he hit two home runs and a double. He sat the um, the uh, finale yesterday, but had a really nice series. Overall, I thought, and has looked a lot better at the plate. Since April 14th, 43 games for Jorge Polanco. He's hitting 275 with a 347 on base percentage and slugging 477 for an 824 OPS, 11 doubles, six home runs, a triple, 17 walks, just 29 strikeouts. Here's what I said about Polo before the season. No one expects Jorge Polanco to be first half 2019 Jorge Polanco. But this line, this exact line, I think I laid out something really similar to this, like 270, 350 on base, 450 slugging percentage is so valuable in today's game. And the reason for that being is there's not a lot of second basemen who can hit. I mean, I think the best hitting second baseman in the league, DJ LeMahieu, is not hitting a lick this year. So I, I certainly believe that if you have a, a good offensive player at second base, that goes a long, long way this year. And, and second base is actually below shortstop in terms of just league-wide offensive prowess. There's so many good shortstops. There aren't a lot of good second basemen right now. And so for Jorge Polanco to be hitting like this is is even more valuable than the line may suggest because he's playing second base where uh, for a lot of teams that position is not is not producing you know you, you see in Toronto Marcus Simeon's been great for them I'll probably gripe for the rest of my life about how they didn't sign Marcus Simeon instead of Andrelton Simmons but Simeon will be a free agent this year so maybe they can go back and and uh, re-up with him potentially but Polo's done a really nice job he's done a really really nice job at second base and he's done a great job at the plate recently he's leading all second basemen 
in hard hit rate since May 1st. Uh, he's been really, really good. And it's important to point out the positives in a, a season that's been uh, pretty much all negative and all poor. It's important to uh, to point that out about Jorge Polanco, that he's been great. I mentioned Yankees and Astros on tap at home. This is, uh, this is a test for the Twins, and this is uh, kind of a barometer. They went 7-6 and six on that 13-game uh, stretch, and, and that's really bad because they started 3-0. and And so uh, they went 4-6 and six in the final 10 games against Baltimore and Kansas City. Just not good. You know, finding ways to lose. Alberto Celestino runs into Trevor Larnick on Friday night. That was bad. You can go listen to that episode. Um, I think that actually that might have been Thursday night. Uh, I think that was Friday night. The losses are kind of running together. It's it's hard because you look back and you're like, the Twins are 24-35. and 35. It's hard to even remember all 35 losses. They just kind of like uh, piled on top of each other over and over and over again. It's 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 hard to wrap your head around that. Twins are going to see Garrett Cole Wednesday against Randy Dominak. They're going to see Jordan Montgomery tomorrow. Uh, Michael Pineda going to start that game. He's coming back. Most important thing for the Twins right now is if they want any chance, if they if they feel like they have any chance. And I talked about this last week. How I didn't think, you know, that this was going to happen this year for them. And you know, you can hold out a little bit of hope. Still, it's still really early. If you want to hold out hope, they're not going to do it without getting their key players back. I mean, that's just simply, um, you know, the answer is they need to get some of these guys back. And if they don't get these guys back and these guys can't stay on the field, they have 0% chance of it happening. It might be 10, 20% with these guys coming back, like just getting back into some semblance of contention at all this summer. Um, but without them, it's 0%. And so let's talk about these injuries after the break. Byron Buxton, Max Kepler, Kent Maeda, Luis Arise. We'll talk about all these injuries and, um, you know, potentially when these guys could be back for the Twins. Don't go anywhere. Built Bar is the best tasting protein bar ever. These bars are covered in 100% chocolate and they're soft and easy to chew. Built Bar has 12 original flavors, but they've added six new flavors as well. And these improved Built Bars are even deliciouser. Plus, Built Bars are healthy. Built Bar is great for the health conscious guy. You can lose or maintain weight while indulging in a delicious treat. The bars are low calorie, low sugar, full of protein, full of fiber, and great for a keto diet. And the peanut butter bar, only five grams of net carbs for a type one diabetic like me. That is huge. Plus, right now, Bill Bar has reset the promo code for this relaunch. So listen closely. You get a free cooler with your purchase while supplies last. If you go to BuiltBar.com and use promo code LOCKED15, you also get 15% off your next order. Use promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at BuiltBar.com. My favorite flavors include the coconut almond, the peanut butter, the banana bread. Use promo code LOCKED15 at BuiltBar.com. Bet online is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action. Football might be over, but the NBA, the NHL, Major League Baseball are all in full swing. Bet online even covers awards, TV shows, and reality TV, real-time updated odds and props on almost anything you can imagine. BetOnline has you covered for all the news, scores, and odds. It's the best way to place your bets, and it's free to sign up. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. BetOnline's your online sportsbook experts. With Major League Baseball, there's action every single day. Use that promo code Locked On. You'll get 50% off on your first deposit or 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Excuse me. Thank you, BetOnline, for sponsoring Locked On and for sponsoring Locked On Twins. BetOnline, your online sportsbook expert, the fastest and easiest way. Use promo code Locked On. It starts with the Twins' uh, best player, 
and one of the best players in the world when he's on the field. The April Player of the Month, Byron Buxton, has been running at 100% without issues. So it seems like he's doing really, really well. He's going to go to St. Paul soon for a rehab assignment um, is the word. And maybe he'll be back this weekend for the Houston series. I think there's a, a decent chance of that happening for Buck, which is a great development for the Twins. It's going to end up being, I think, a month that he's been out. But that's um, that's great. I mean, they need him back in center field, roaming center field, not just because he's such a great player, but also because their alternatives have been Kyle Garlick and Alberto Celestino, who clearly is not ready um, to be in the big leagues. And you can't blame him for that. You know, he's barely played above single A, uh, above high A. So you can't blame Celestino for that. But the, the alternatives for Buxton are so poor without Kepler and without Cave uh, defensively and offensively, even if Cave wasn't giving you much before he went down that to get Buxton back is 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 the biggest return. But Kenta Maeda could be the biggest one too. I mean, if he comes back and he's effective, he's he could help the Twins go on a run. I mean, they're not going to go on a run without um, consistent and healthy starting pitching. You could see Kenta coming back if he bounces back and he's a lot better. You got Kenta, you got Jose, you got Pineda. You're going to win a lot of those games. You know, you're going to win a lot um, of those starts. But then you look at Happ and Shoemaker in the back end, and it's it's just hard to envision them going on a huge streak because those guys have been so bad. But they can be a little bit better in the lineup, can make up for some of that inefficiency. Uh, they could win some of those starts too. But Kent is very important. Buxton's super important. Those are the two most probably most important players on the team, and they're both out and have been out. And they need him back, and they need him back uh, to and playing well. Max Kepler, too, I think uh, an X factor this year, just in terms of he's always going to be underrated defensively. He's always he's a great defender in right field. Only Mookie Betts and Aaron Judge are better in right field, um, essentially. And at the plate, he was really hitting the ball well before he went down with the hamstring, hitting big home runs. He had a three-run homer at home against Oakland. The game I was at, they ended up losing that game anyway, but. He's been a lot better at the plate or was before he got hurt. It sounds like he's going to be back this week, the hammy, uh, doing better for Max. They need all three of these guys. They need uh, all hands on deck. They need everyone back, and it sounds like these three all could return potentially this week. I would say in order probably, I think Kepler, because he went on the injured list on May 30th, um, You know, could be back for the opener of the Houston series on, on uh, uh, Friday. But I think Friday could be Kepler. This weekend could be Buxton. And then next week, I think, could be Kenta. Um, but that's great for the Twins. They need them all back. Luis Arise, haven't heard an update on him. You know, it sounded like it was going to be weeks, and that was just last week. So I think there's still a couple weeks out from him. Hopefully, by the end of June, Luis Arise is back, and they can start to get to full health. But they always take these steps forward, and then they take steps back in terms of play and in terms of injuries, you know, in terms of. Um, just trying to keep guys on the field. They'll get a couple guys back, and then they'll send a couple more guys to the injured list, and it just never ends. Caleb Thielbar going to the IL as well. It just it feels like it never ends for them. I think when we look back at this year, uh, and I think it if, if it just continues in this way, I think there's going to be things are going to be different. It's not. I don't think it'll be the exact same as it was these first couple months. At least I hope it's not. But when we look back at these first couple months, at least because we'll do a season in review, month by month, season in review. When we look back at these first couple months it's not going to be uh blaming it on the injuries no one's blaming it on the injuries never once have I said oh my goodness they're just if they weren't so hurt they'd be winning all these games no because for the most part you know earlier in the season I know they missed guys all the time but I thought that they just they just didn't play well you know even their their guys that um that I'm saying are, are super important that are coming back outside of Byron Buxton Kepler Maeda 
arise really weren't looking all that hot when they were on the field and they could have been dealing with some injuries that we didn't know about and playing through them but they weren't they weren't playing well so it's like you can't blame it all on the injuries do I think that their record would be 24 and 35 if they were completely healthy or only had a couple of those guys go down no I think they'd be uh, a lot closer to 500 I think they'd probably have 30 wins um they'd probably be 30 and 29 or whatever I think honestly I think it's cost them games I don't think it's completely ravage the season like I don't think you can just flush it and say oh they had a lot of a lot of injuries so next year they'll be healthier and everything will be better no I think you do have to um you know look inside and look at the offseason additions look at the process and find out what really happened in the early going this year um for all the pitching woes and for guys taking steps back honestly offensively a lot of these guys, I know Miguel Sano has been awful. You know, he had a big home run uh, Saturday, I think it was. But outside of Sano, Kepler, uh, I mentioned, was a lot better. Polanco, been a lot better. Garver, really been a lot better since he went down um, with the groin injury. They they were playing a lot better, and that was kind of the, the, the trend at the beginning of the season when they were struggling after the 5-2 and two start. It was like all these guys, the main core, Kepler, Sano, Polanco, Garber, they all suck now, and the bottom of the lineup is awful, and those guys regressed. Well, three out of four of them have positively regressed, in my mind, um, certainly at the plate. And so I think when you see Kepler come back, I think he's going to continue to produce. And I think when you see Arise come back, he's going to produce. I think you're going to see these guys um, be better. So that's that's no longer the the key for me. I think we're going to shift our attention to the pitching and how bad the pitching's been and how bad the bullpen was. Early on, I think it was – uh, that full system. I think it was the bullpen starting pitching wasn't giving them a great chance. And then the offense was not tacking on runs. In my opinion, I think you're going to get too much talent, too many guys back and healthy, hopefully, for the offense to struggle as much as they were. I think with Buxton back, with Kepler back, with a rise back eventually, um, even without Garvey, Ryan Jeffers has looked really good in his place. You got Kirilov and Larnick, Donaldson and Cruz look a lot better recently. I think it's going to be hard for this offense to struggle as much as they did. And so our attention is going to shift to can the pitching keep up in some way? And I think if you get Maeda back, pitching better. And if you have Jose a little bit more consistent, they win a lot of Jose starts. And then you have Pineda um, staying healthy and, and pitching consistently as well. I think they're going to win a lot more ball games, And I think they're going to be a better team. They have to be. Um, on the pitching side of things. And, and the bullpen, I, I mentioned, looked really good yesterday. Duffy's been a lot better. Rodgers is having a good year. They're really relying on Hanso Robles, and he's getting the job done for the most part. Um, just too many walks. He's got to get the leadoff man. And when he gets the leadoff man, he's uh, he's as dominant as anyone, honestly, in that entire bullpen. But too too often there's a leadoff double. There's a leadoff walk. He just needs to find a way to get the, uh, the leadoff man when he comes out of the pen. But I think those three are good. You know, I think Rogers, Duffy, and and uh, and Robles can can close some games for you. I think they have the ability to do that. They they run into trouble when they get short starts and they got to fill the fifth and sixth inning. But Luke Farrell's looked really good too for the Twins. So I think they're gonna they're gonna piece it together here, get some guys back, and, and play better ball tomorrow. We'll have a full series preview. Of the New York Yankees can't wait. Uh, and I'll join you then. Follow me on Twitter at NashWalker9. Follow the show at Lockdown Twins. We will talk tomorrow. Wilson, you sent the game-winning email at the buzzer, avoiding a 4.55 meeting on everyone's calendar. How did you do it? I got a huge assist from Grammarly, an AI writing partner that helped me make my point. 96% of Grammarly users say that it helps them craft more impactful writing. Would you agree? Grammarly helped adjust my tone to navigate tough work conversations. 
And it works everywhere I write, so I can quickly communicate effectively. Your teammate used Grammarly to summarize an important document, making a three-pointer. How did he do it? It only took one click. When everyone uses Grammarly, everything just makes sense. You made an incredible slam dunk to end the game. The meeting was canceled, and your team will go home champions. Go to Grammarly.com slash podcast to download it for free. That's Grammarly.com slash podcast. Easier said, done.